This is Bethel Online. Welcome home. This is the next best thing to being at Bethel on Sundays. We are driven by making disciples of Jesus who make disciples. When you're online, interact with us on Facebook and Instagram. When you're in Barhead, Alberta, drop in Sundays to Friday. Our goal on this podcast is to ask questions, challenge certainty, and grow a relationship with Jesus so you can go the distance and bring others with you. Thank you for tuning in. Place. Um, you wanted to get in or you wanted to do something and you weren't allowed to. Um, three short stories about me. When I was a kid, I forget how old it was, about eight or nine, I wanted to play baseball. Back in those days, uh, parents didn't involve themselves in the process of sports and, and kids signing up. And so just a bunch of kids on the street, we decided we we're going to play baseball that year and sign up for some teams. And so we went to this particular park where we heard that baseball sign up was happening. And we all trudged down there, all excited, talking about the great year we were going to have, the great summer. And, and uh, when, we got, when I got to the desk where you had to sign up, put your name down, and they asked me how old I was, I told them. And a look comes over them and says, well, you're too old. You can't play. And I'll never forget that day. Many years later, I still remember as my friends went on to their teams and got their uniforms and met their coaches, I walked home by myself, crying to myself that I wasn't allowed to play baseball. It still sticks in my mind that I was locked up. I wanted to do something so badly, and they wouldn't let me do it. Actually, it happened not too long ago as well. I went to a restaurant, and I wanted to eat from the seniors menu, and they wouldn't let me. Um, another incident happened, I was a few years older, maybe five years older than, than that. I came home from school one day, and my mom, a stay-at-home mom, didn't stay at home. She left, and she locked the door. And I came home, and the door was locked. Every door was locked. Every window was locked. I remember pounding on the windows, thinking, you got to be in there. Moms just don't leave their kids alone. And I pounded and pounded, and I, well, I did eventually get in. My dad wasn't too happy, but I did break a small pane of window, and I eventually got in. But it still felt like, what happened? Where is everybody? Why, why am I left out here? What's going on? And then many years later, many, many years later, Elaine and I were traveling and vacationing in the Maritimes, and we heard that there was an Anne Murray Center and Museum. I just see your excitement about that. <laughs> well, we thought it would be fun to go to. See the Anne Murray Museum, Spring Hill, Nova Scotia, a mining town. It was rainy, it was dark, it was dreary, but the Anne Murray Center was there. And I remember rain pouring down. We got out full of excitement and went to the door and pulled and it was locked. We couldn't get in. And here there was a sign on the door said it was only open certain days of the week and we just happened to meet one of those days and I remember looking in the glass window. I could see the target of what we wanted to do but the door kept me from going in. I was locked out and it felt bad. There are all kinds of ways in which people feel locked out. Um, 
When I was in Bible school, I volunteered to teach at a deaf school. And I remember going to the school for the first time and um, feeling, again, a little shut out because all the students could communicate with one another through sign language. And, of course, I didn't know sign language. I felt left out. But then, as I thought it through, I realized that's how they felt every day of their lives in the hearing world. They feel left out. In John chapter 10, there's probably one of the best passages of scriptures as far as Jesus explaining himself. Uh, it's a powerful verse of scripture, a powerful passage of scripture. Probably um, verse 10 is, is one of the best known ones. It says, there's a thief that's come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I am come that they may have life and have it to the full, have it more abundantly. All through John 10, Jesus speaks about those who have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. He says such things as, my sheep know my voice. He says that they belong, they follow him. We have a relationship with God. Those of us who are on the inside, we have that kind of relationship with God and, and, and he will never leave us and never forsake us. It's a wonderful passage of scriptures that speaks to us about what it's like to be on the inside. But then out of the blue, he talks about those who are on the outside. He talks about those who don't have a relationship with God. And he says in verse 16, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. There's a tendency for us to forget those who don't belong to those who are on the outside. There's a tendency for us to forget what it was like outside not having come in. It's not always intentional when you get locked out. Believe me, the guy that sat at that desk that day in the park and told me I was too old, he didn't, it wasn't that he didn't like me. It wasn't that he was mean towards me or didn't like my glasses or whatever like that. It, it had nothing to do with that. Rules are rules. And, you know, there's an age limit. I've been watching the Little League World Series and the rules are that you can't be 13 before May 1st. And if you're 13 before that, you can't play. And we understand rules. It's like going to a water slide or a carnival and they, they have a sign that says you got to be this high in order to take this ride. They're not being mean towards anybody. They're just saying these are the rules for safety. It's not intentional at all, but it still makes you feel a little bit left out. Feels like you don't belong. Uh, Anne Murray, it's not like she hated us at Finley. It's not like she knew, oh, Finleys are coming, let's shut the doors and not let them in. It was just the hours. It was just unintentional. It still made us feel left out, but it wasn't something that they purposely decided we weren't going to let you in. Um, my mom didn't hate me. She just wasn't home. <laughs> and she locked the door. And it wasn't like she was kicking me out forever. It was just an incident, unintentional. But sadly, sometimes it's deliberate. Sometimes people 
are deliberately left out of things in life. Sadly, we live in a world where racism is common. We live in a world where because of a person's gender, Words are spoken and attitudes are held. Sadly, we live in a world where because of uh, a rise in, in certain sins, Christians have become very judgmental. We use the term homophobic. Let me just say, and I shouldn't have to say this in a Christian church, racism sexism, homophobia are unacceptable. They're totally unacceptable. Um, Some of the studies I've been reading lately say that people aren't telling the jokes in public anymore because they know it's unacceptable, but we still tell them privately. We still talk about such things privately. It's unacceptable. Frankly, it shows our ignorance. It shows that we're really ignorant people and don't know any better. And thirdly, it completely goes against the gospel and the heart of God. In fact, I was thinking today, I don't have it in my notes, but you can look it up for yourself, but Jesus constantly was looking out for those on the outside. Constantly. Um, In fact, he said at one point that our experience in heaven will be somewhat determined by how we treat those on the outside. Do you remember it? Remember when he said that there will become a time when people will come to the gates of heaven and expect to get in? And he will say to them, depart from me, I never knew you. You never looked after me when I was poor. You never looked after me when I was in prison. You never looked after me when I was an outsider. Why would you want anything to do with me now? Depart from me. And then he said others would come and he would welcome them into his presence because you did look after me. A cup of cold water given in my name. You looked after the weak. You looked after those who were hurting. You looked after those who were in prison. And they said, when did we do that? And he said, in as much as you've done as to the least of these people, you've done unto me. Jesus said that our experience in heaven will depend somewhat on how we treat the weakest among us. We don't like to talk about that. We like to talk about the fact that you've got to pray the prayer. And that's important. It's important to ask Jesus into your life. But it's also important to act like Jesus. It's important to be people that Jesus would be proud of, that we would live out Jesus' life. So such... Behaviors are unacceptable and not reflective of a loving God and Savior. I want to look at John 10, verse 16, that one verse. I just want to take just a few moments and look at it tonight. Notice there's a declaration. Jesus says, I have other sheep that are not of this pen. Let me put it in terms that we can understand it pretty clearly. Jesus would say to us, I have other sheep. There are other people who follow Christ that don't belong to Bethel. Get over yourselves. There are people that don't belong to our church that still have a relationship with God. And 
he goes on to say, there are people who don't yet follow God, but they too belong to me. And sometimes we forget that. We sometimes think we're the only ones. We sometimes think that, um, you know, this is it. But Jesus says, or God says, that he's not willing that any should perish, but that all, all would come to repentance. So Jesus declares, I have other sheep that don't belong to this pen. And then there's a mission. Jesus says, I must bring them also. Jesus is so concerned about those on the outside that he says, I must. Note the word, not I should, not I'm, I would like to. I must. This is my mission. At one point, he, he said to the religious people, he said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick who need a doctor. I didn't come for you. I came for those who are needy. And the people who were somewhat religious really had trouble with Jesus hanging out with people who were drunkards and tax collectors and and not nice people. They had a problem with Jesus, with that kind of Jesus. And frankly, we would too. If that's the Jesus that we serve, that if he hung out with those people and didn't really hang out with us, some of us would struggle with that. It's the one mission he gave to us. We have a fundamental responsibility to look out for those on the outside who don't yet belong. He said our mission is the same as his mission. He told stories in Luke 15. He told stories about a lost sheep. One out of the hundred was lost. We sang about it today. He left the 99 and went for the lost sheep. One out of a hundred, one percent. He told a story about a lost coin. One out of ten. Um, that's ten percent. And the great joy that there was in finding it. And then he told the story about the lost son. One out of two. And as I was, I was teaching this recently in the last year or so, it just really hit me if, if that was you, if that was your son, would you be content with one out of two being found? Would that be okay? Well, at least one's okay. One's, one's got a relationship with God. I'm not going to worry about the other one. Would that be good enough for you? I don't think so. And Jesus is telling these stories as a reminder to us that one out of two isn't good enough. One out of a hundred isn't good enough. One out of ten isn't good enough. That every person counts. Every person matters. And we have a mission. What does the mission say? To go into all the world and preach the gospel to most creatures, most people. No, it says go and preach the gospel to every person. We have a mission. The same as Jesus. And then the results of the mission, as Jesus says, and again, these are the words of Jesus, they too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Can I just say the people outside are not as hard-hearted as we think? The Bible says that those outside, when they hear the gospel, they will respond. 
many of them will. It's not like they're all hard and angry at us. Sometimes there are things that are keeping them from responding, but people do respond to the love of God. And Jesus says they will respond. They will listen to my voice. And there'll be one flock and one shepherd. But it's so easy to forget about those outside. Have you ever heard the story of the last emperor of China? Hu Yi was his name. That's the Englishized or anglicized version of his name. When he was two years of age, he was chosen to become the emperor of China. What that meant was that he was taken from his village and moved to the capital of China, to the forbidden city, where he then lived or was expected to live the rest of his life as the emperor. At two years of age, all restrictions were taken off his life. There was absolutely no discipline. There was nobody telling him what he had to do. He was now on the inside. He was as much of an insider as anybody could be an insider. Nobody could touch him. I mean, he did things crazy. He, he was treated as a god and as the ultimate ruler. Uh, no one could ever say no to him. And in just a short time, he became ruthless and cruel to the people who were not royalty. People had to bow before him and they had to avert their eyes. They could not look at him directly. He's two years of age. But suddenly he's like, he thinks he's really powerful. History says that he became sadistic and he loved to whip or flog the servants whipping them for the least little thing that they did. In his own words, he said, my cruelty and love of wielding power were already too firmly set for persuasion to have any effect on me. The adults around him tried to say to him, uh, emperor, you, you shouldn't do that. And of course, that would just set him off. You could not persuade him. He was taken from the village, put inside the palace, and suddenly life revolved around him. Suddenly he could do whatever he wanted. By age seven, it says that he loved puppet shows and dog fights. They said that he really was not a healthy child. When you take away restrictions and once I read that Puyi decided to reward one of his servants for a well-done puppet show by having a cake made for him. But he filled it with iron filings stuck inside the cake. Because in his words, I wanted to see what he looks like when he eats it. This is a kid seven years of age who's forgotten what life was like on the outside. You see, he was once on the outside, but suddenly now he's the ruler of his kingdom and the master. And of course, uh, the country experienced a revolution and the emperor was overthrown. In just one day, he was no longer the emperor. In one day, he discovered that those outside the forbidden city, they really could care less about him. He was a nobody. He was eventually arrested 
he went to jail, who he had never, ever brushed his teeth by himself. He had never brushed his own teeth. He had somebody do it for him all the time. And so when he went to jail, the other prisoners made fun of him. He didn't even know how to brush his teeth. He had become so insulated from the world that he forgot and didn't know how others lived. And for the first time in his life, he was forced to perform simple tasks that had always been done for him, which he found very difficult. He became a prisoner, first of the Soviets, then of the Chinese communists, and was forced to sweep the streets with a broom for many of his years. He died in a Beijing prison of complications arising from kidney cancer and heart disease on October 17, 1967, in our lifetime, most, well, most of our lifetime, some of our lifetime, some not. <laughs> I, need to, I need to recognize that. <laughs> he was 61 years of age. He started in the village. Ordinary child, ordinary parents, chosen to be the emperor, moved inside the palace, forgot what life was like outside the palace, and then suddenly was removed from the palace and had to go back to everyday life, find out how other people lived. Quite a process. Um, due to the circumstances of his life, he never really learned what life was like on the outside or what people were like. The Apostle Paul says that he never forgot what life was like outside of Christ. It's easy for us to forget what life is like outside. Listen to these words. These are from Ephesians chapter 2. He says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live, and you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who's now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It's by grace you've been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it's by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it's the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Paul is reminding us of our roots our spiritual roots. He's reminding us where we came from. He's reminding us that there was a day when we lived outside the gate. There was a day when we did not belong to the sheep pen that Jesus uh, ruled over or that Jesus was the shepherd of. But because of his grace and because of his mercy and because of his love, he reached out to us and included us. Just the same way as he said, I must bring them also. Jesus one day thought the same about you and about me. 
I must bring him. I must bring her. I want them to be part of my family. So as we close today, this message is really just a reminder as to what life is like on the outside. It's sometimes easy to forget. I remember being in Calgary one time. I'm not sure what it was for. And um, I was just young. 21, 22, but then I'd already helped a little bit in the deaf school. I remember being in an elevator and uh, going up, and we stopped at a floor, uh, a floor, and the doors opened, and there was a room full of people, maybe this many people. And something seemed strange about it. I, I, I just I remember looking out the doors and looking at this room full of people. I'm thinking. What's odd about this picture? There's just something odd. And I couldn't quite figure it out, and then the door shut. And I realized what it was. When those doors were open and a crowd this size, there was no noise. Nobody was talking. It was some kind of meeting of a deaf society or a deaf group and the people were signing to one another, but there was no sound. There was no sound. And it reminded me, because it was, wasn't that long ago, hadn't been that long ago, that I was teaching at a deaf school, and here I was with a group of people. Sometimes we forget what life is like on the outside. We have people come to our church, and... Um, not intentional I know it's not intentional but sometimes people feel like they don't belong sometimes people feel like they're not a part of it and we have to remind ourselves constantly remind ourselves that everybody belongs God wants everybody he's not willing that any should perish and his heart is to reach out to those who are the weak, the oppressed, even those who are imprisoned for things that they've done. Jesus still reaches out to them and cares for them. We sang a song earlier today, which is the first time we sang it, Leanne, Reckless Love. I've never sung it before. Um, I'm going to ask the group to sing it again. And um, I'm going to ask you to sing it with them. I want you to think of the words. I, I, yes, I absolutely want you to think. This is a worship song. This is what God has done for me. What God has done for me. But I also want you to think as you think of this song about the people outside the sheep pen. God loves them with a reckless love as well. And it talks about there's no wall so tall that you won't break down. And Jesus did that for us. There's no lies that you won't tear apart. Jesus did that for us. But I want you to think that there are people on the outside 
And Jesus is still pulling down walls for them. He's still breaking down the lies. And you know what? How he does it is through you and me. Who's the person or persons that you want to break down walls for so that they could come into the kingdom of God? Who's the person that we heard last Sunday night? Who's the person in your life that you would be willing to put a hole in the ceiling just to get them to Jesus, just to lower them into Jesus? But who's the person that you would do whatever it took just to get them to Jesus? Who's the person that needs to know God's reckless love? Who's the person on the outside that needs to know what you know? Let's sing this song. Stand, and, and they're going to lead us in this a new song. Uh, sing it along with them as we sing this song.